Hey, it's EDB, and if you're listening to this, it's 10-5-2022, which means you're ready for our Wednesday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Yay! Good morning! Morning, morning. <laughs> morning. I, uh, I'm going to uh, say this to us because I messed up. We changed the order of service, Mama Bell, and, and I forgot. Oh. We were so busy talking about goodness of life, I forgot to tell you that. Again, Lord, <laughs> and uh, beginning on Sunday if Brother Dennis is up to it, uh, he will come and open us in prayer and tell us how good the Lord is. And he'll open us in prayer and then uh, uh, we will go on and hear your voice and your music. It, we're just changing the little bit around the front and I'll, I'll definitely get with you later to make sure you're caught up on that. But we would like to uh, keep Brother Dennis in our prayers. He can definitely whenever he feels to tell us how he's doing and and where his uh we'll give him some time at the end of service today to uh uh if he wants to do that before he prays for us uh so we're going to do that and just shift things around and and uh so we will kick that off on sunday but for now, we're going to uh, begin our time together. Grandmother will, uh, on Wednesday, open us in prayer, and and then we will do our deal. So, Mom Bell, we will after go. We'll hang around and make sure you updated, and, yeah, and Brother Dennis will get with him. And you don't have to do it today, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. She, I'm sorry. She got important decisions. She don't want to talk to me today. That's fine. Well, this, it's okay if if you want to. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> you got important. You got major decisions to do today. She ain't got time to talk to me. Okay. 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 I know. I'm poor. <laughs> Oh, blessing, blessing, blessing. My dear Granny, you'd open us in prayer, then Mama Bell a, a play, and then we will. Uh, well, let me let me let me read this. How it's supposed to be. You know how when you change stuff, you you, you you you're so used to it being a certain way, and then you change stuff and you don't know what you're doing. And. Uh, but yeah, my dear mama, my dear grandmother, open us in prayer. Then I'll read our scripture lesson text, and then Mama Bell will play. Then we'll have the message, and then Brother Dennis will close us in prayer. That's how Wednesday go. My dear grandmama opens up in prayer, gives us a nice, wonderful word, and then we will have the scripture reading, and then Mama Bell will play, and then Brother Dennis will close us in prayer. That makes sense. Praise the Lord. All right. Everybody makes sense. (laughs) 
Most holy and all wise Father, we just thank you, we praise you, and we magnify your holy name. We thank you, dear God, for watching over us while we slumber. We thank you, O God, you woke us up, O God. O God, with health and strength, O God. And we just thank you for all things, God. You say give you thanks, God, and we just praise and magnify your holy name that we're able to mingle our voices together once again. We just thank you, O God, because you love us so much. And we just praise you. We magnify your name, God. Oh, God, we just thank you. Look upon this radio audience this morning. God, you know about every condition, every situation, every problem. You know it all. And we're putting it all in your hands because, God, you said you're able to take care of everything. Nothing too hard, nothing too big, or nothing too small that you won't work it out for us. And we just thank you this morning. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you for which cometh our health and strength. Help us to look to you, God, knowing that you can work it all out. We praise you, God. We love you. And we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen. Hosea, chapter 4. We're going to do verse 2 and verse 6. Hosea chapter 4. We're going to do verse 2 and verse 6. It says, Cursing, lying, murder, stealing, and adultery are rampant. One act of bloodshed follows another. Why? Because the people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. After Mama Bell plays, we're going to talk from the subject, This is all I know. This is all I know. Thank you. 
there was an argument presented one day during a court case. And that argument was presented by a person who was on trial for prostitution. They were in one of the Bible Belt states. They were standing in front of a judge who happened to have been a fourth-generation son of preachers. The lawyer knew this. He knew of his family's background. He knew of the man, or should I say the judge's convictions, and he already knew when he walked into the room, the lawyer did, exactly what the judge's decision was going to be. As a matter of fact, he walked up to his client, and he said, you know, this judge is going to throw the book at you. I don't know how familiar you are with court cases, if you've ever been before a judge, if you've ever had a conversation with a lawyer or not. Uh, But if you ever had one, you would know that the lawyer and you, if you are a defendant or a plaintiff, the lawyer and you will sit down and have what you call a consultation. They'll get to the the courthouse, if you have one of those fancy schmancy courthouses like we have around here, he'll get there and he'll talk to you a little bit, pull you in the consultation, the conference room, and they'll talk to you. And that's what the lawyer did with this person. He said, listen, I already know what this lawyer is going to do or this judge is going to do, the lawyer said, rather. So we should go ahead and prepare ourselves for the worst. But I got a little idea that I think might work. And he said, uh, I want to challenge the judge on his faith. Uh, His client was kind of taken back, had a little weird look on his face. How are you going to challenge the judge on his faith? You're going to go and start questioning his Christianity? He said, no, 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 that's not what I'm going to do. I just want to point out one or two details, and hopefully uh, that will uh, make him think a little bit about some things. So the lawyer asked for consent. The client agreed, and they went into the courtroom. The lawyer got up, he made the argument. He looked at the judge and he said, "Uh, you are getting ready to put my client away for prostitution. But have you considered what and why my client does what she does. Well, the judge says she's nothing more than a bona fide adulterer. All she does is go around and go from man to man. 
she's an adulterer. And the argument came back from the lawyer. I think you have the word adulterer misconstrued. No, I don't. No, I don't. I do not have the word adulterer misconstrued because she's going around sleeping with other women's husbands. The lawyer said, is she going around sleeping with other women's husbands? Or are other women's husbands coming to sleep around with her? Oh, you like one of them liberals. You like Clinton. You're going to get me kind of confused on defying sexual relations. I ain't going to get tangled up in that. He said, no, 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 no. This is not a trick, y'all. This is not a trick. This is just basis for consideration. The question before us is, is this woman sleeping around with other man's husband? Or are other man's husbands, excuse me, women's husbands, I'm glad y'all caught that, sleeping around with her? Because the reality of it is all this young lady does is walks up and down a very populated street, a populated street that draws brothers out in the dark of night. And she just walks around waiting for them to pick her up in their car, for them to go to a secluded location to do one or two things, only to return back to the place where it started, and then she continues the process. So the question, Your Honor, is who is cheating on who? She does not go to their homes. And then the second question, Your Honor, is why is this young lady out here? The judge now sits back in his chair. You can tell the complex look is on his face because even if he's not completely convicted, he knows. He knows that adultery is not necessarily on the table. But he just can't figure out how to get it off. How to stick to his gun, how to maintain his position when it is obvious there is some loophole here that he must identify with. He must realize, he must realize that unlike other women that he knows, as the lawyer goes on to define, he says, you have women who will walk into your house and look the wife in the face and tell her that she's coming to dinner, but in reality she just wants the pearl. She marries because he's got one or two details in the banking account. He's got maybe a couple of IRAs. He's got 401. He's got two or three insurance policies. 
This woman is not after any man's money. She does not go to any man's house. She does not seek a sugar daddy. She just walks up and down the street. She collects on the men who come to solicit her services. Now the judge knows there is a difference. He knows that adulterer, according to the Bible, is a man who covets another man's wife or a woman who covets another man's husband. And this woman is not coveting anyone's husband, but the question still remains prostitution is the problem. So the lawyer now realizes he's feeling a little bit good about himself because he's got that puzzled look. You ever seen back in the cartoons when when the man gets hit and he got the little tweed birds going around his head? Uh, the lawyer knows that the tweety birds is going around the judge's head. He's got he's got him. He's got him. But he hadn't hit a home run yet. So he has to have a little bit more of a conversation with the judge. And he begins to appeal. But before he can make his statement, before he can present his argument, the judge stops him. The judge says, all right, I can agree with you. I can agree with you that this young lady is not in the business of wrecking homes. She's not in the business of destroying lives. That is not her mentality. But we still have to talk about this prostitution. As he sits there and he thinks about it, the lawyer says, all right, Yana, we do. Do you know what this young lady does by day, the lawyer asks. She said, the the judge said, no, I do not. I heard that she's participating in something, but I do not know exactly what. The lawyer says she's in school trying to be a doctor. Hmm. And the judge did exactly what we just heard there. He grunted. He was kind of shocked. He said 97% of female doctors in this state, because of laws that limit women, because of laws that tell girls that they are not on the same level of men, because of laws that pay brothers more than they pay women, it requires girls to have to do something different in order to get ahead. So they go out and they take up prostitution just to pay for college tuition. The judge looks. He looks down at the young lady as she's cleaned up and 
She's looking professional. And she said, where's your father? The girl looked up at the judge with this compassionate look on his face. The lawyer is now astonished because this is one of them Bible Belt judges down there in Toledo, Tipolo, Mississippi. Oh, this Bible Belt. But he looks down. He says, where is your father? And he was shocked. The lawyer said, go ahead and tell him. She stood up and said, Your Honor, my father left us for another woman. He reeled back in his chair and he looked at the judge or at the lawyer. He said, the father is the adulterer and the daughter is just trying to survive. Now, the judge is confused because now we have ourselves a situation where we have to take some things into consideration because sin is sin and wrong is wrong and the law is the law, but what is not taken for a fact is that sometimes in our society, We have caused people. We have forced them into law-breaking opportunities, into law-breaking situations. Our culture has forced people to choose between what is good for them and what will just get them down the road another five minutes. Our culture has forced people to take into consideration that maybe if I just go out and I just stay on this corner for about two hours, if I get $40 from at least eight people, you think about that for a second. You mind if I take a moment and add that up? Some of you are better at math than I. But 40 times 8 is $320 for two hours. And that Taco Bell, it might take you two weeks to make what someone can make on the corner in two hours. You're back-breaking, laboring, standing over hot stoves, cooking beef, and sitting there mixing tacos and salad and salsa for now $11 an hour. You take 11 times 8, and that is only 88 hours a day. So at eighty-eight hours, at $88 a day, that would take you a week to make what that young lady just made in two hours. The system forces 
And the judge began to explain, said, you know, I was reading an article one day because my church is working on a missions trip, and they asked me to look over some legal stuff. And I was looking at the slave trade and the sex trafficking trade. And then I was looking at the labor market. Now, this is in Tupelo, Mississippi. And he said, it's a shame how we do not consider that some of these actions are desperational moves. Because we're not paying people properly, because we are sitting and trying to figure out how to get something for nothing out of people. Our corporations are doing nothing but financially raping us, and we want to throw young ladies like this in jail when all they're trying to do is survive. He said, I had to have a moment of confession when I realized that the big oil companies, two of them, were deacons at my church. And right around their factories sits two of the worst communities from a financial perspective, right around their factories, inside their gates is $17.9 billion flowing out a month. But the community that it sits around barely makes $17 a day. And you wonder why drugs is so rampant. You wonder why our girls are on the street. And then we even have to take into consideration why these girls are being solicited. Our boys who are constantly being put down, who are constantly being stressed over, and and sometimes it's just, a moment of stress relief. Some people smoke. Some people drink. Some go and have sex. It's all for the same cause. I'm just trying to relieve myself. I'm trying to medicate my pain. And nobody wants to talk to me about my pain. They want to talk to me about the choices that I have decided to medicate it. They don't want to talk to me about why I'm hurting. All they want to talk about is what I have decided to do about it. This judge looks at the young lady, and he says, I'm going to let you go under one condition. The judge looks up. And looks down, should I say the girl, and the lawyer looks up, looks over the client, and said, are you willing to entertain it? <coughs> Excuse me. 
She said yes after she cleared her throat. Literally, that was poetic how that played off like that. I sneezed, and she cleared her throat. But she said, yes, I'll entertain it. She said, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you off. But I'm only going to let you off if you agree to do what I need you to do. Now, the lawyer is getting upset. He says, oh, no, judge, you, you can't do that. To, he says, wait a minute. I'm going to let her off if she agrees to do what I need her to do. Judge, that's not how the law works. And the judge said, are you going to listen? You told me you were going to listen to me. I'm going to let her off if she agrees. I've got a lot of cases around here where people come in because they're struggling with various issues. And while you were having this discussion, or should I say we were having this discussion, my assistant went and looked it up. I found that your desire is to be a doctor of clinical psychology. and street-related causes. And what I have surmised is that you are trying to make sure that no one has to deal with the same issue that you dealt with, a leaving father, the trauma of it, and forced to be on the streets. You are trying, by being on the streets, to work to make sure nobody else has to do it. Is that right? She said yes. As tears came down her eyes. And this judge in Tupelo, Mississippi says, this is what I'm going to do. I want you to help because young people come into this court and I must confess that we have just thrown them away for various reasons, but because you came in and your lawyer decided to have this discussion, I want to bring you in as a clerk for me to help me deal with these cases. And the lawyer asked, Yana, why do you think this is a good idea? And he said, because we have a whole lot of young people that I have sent to jail. Some of them I had grades, and the reality of it is none of that would have happened if more people like you two hadn't come in and educated me. The people perish because of a lack of understanding. And I want you to come help me and our system gain understanding. The moral of the story is this young lady got off the streets and she went on to become a doctor. She worked with that judge 
on various cases until he retired. And every time he would have one of those cases, he would always say, my only desire for you before we even have this trial is you go sit down and talk with my in-house expert. And every lawyer would say, well, what is the point of this, Your Honor? He says, I just want to make sure we got a good understanding. What would happen in this world if we would all just get a good understanding? If we would not look at things self-righteously, look at things religiously, but weigh our faith against all sides of the argument. What would happen in this world if we realize that some people are just doing all they know? And sometimes all they know means that we have to change what they know, and changing what they know means that we have to change what we do. What would happen? I ask you to consider that today. Consider what our world is and shall be if our people, this, us folks, who are called by his name would humble themselves and pray. In that text, as you read up above, it said, make no mistake about it. Don't blame the curses. Don't blame the liars. Don't blame the adulterers. Blame the church. Because when the church drops its standing, the world has nothing to look up to. When the church turns the light off its steeple and takes the morality out of its congregants, the world has nothing to stand up to. I ask you to consider that this morning. Peter, do you love me? Of course I do, Jesus. And feed my sheep. Oh, by the way, Peter, um, you sure you love me? Yeah, 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 Jesus, I do. Okay, uh, take care of my lamb. You sure you want me, Jesus? Yes. Because I thought that maybe since we can get a tax cut, I'd go give it over to Caesar. No, I didn't say Caesar. I said Peter. You give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and you do the job I asked you to do. Are we understanding each other, Pastor Peter? And somewhere, Peter might have did it. Paul might have did it. But afterwards, Caesar worked out a nice deal with the third senior pastor of the Christian Jesus Church. And now we got social programs over church discussion. And Jesus is asking Caesar, do you love me? 
I hope you do because apparently my church does not anymore. Would you take that into consideration? Brother Dennis is going to pray for us this morning. And as he does, make that your consideration. Peter, do you love me? And if you do, Peter, what we do differently to change what our friends think about our world? Brother Dennis. Good morning. Do you love me? Easy question. Is it a hard answer for you? Think about that. Anyway, uh, before I pray, I just want to thank everybody for their prayers for this past week. I've been through uh, two eye operations in uh, seven days, which is unbelievable. But uh, Eric talked about the judge with the bird swinging around his head. Well, that's where I am about now. I don't know uh, which way's up, which way's down, but uh, I made it this morning. And uh, Lord willing, I'll be here Sunday. Well, I'll be here Sunday, whether or not I'll be online or not Sunday. That uh, That's still kind of up in the air. But uh, through the grace of God, the, uh, the wife's alarm got me going this morning, so I thank her for that. Let's pray. Do you love me? Do you love me? What a question. Do you ever have your children ask you that? Uh, well, this time God is asking you that. Think about your answer before you make that commitment. Lord, we just thank you for what you are, and we know that you love us. But can we return the love to you? That is our quest. That is our reason for being here. Lord, we just ask you, you've always watched over us. You protect us and provide for us and guide uh, you know, the surgeon's hands, the you know, the things that happen in our lives, the you know, the paymaster, whatever, you know, we know that you're in charge. Whatever comes our way, you give it to us and we're here to handle it. Not necessarily that we do a good job, but as long as we keep our eyes on you and realize that, hey, guess what? We do love you and things will go easy. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you give us blessings. We thank you that you watch over us. You protect our families, Lord, and you give us hope. You give us hope and joy joy for our future. Lord, again, we just want to praise you, not just today, but every day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, what you do, and how much you do love us. We just wish that we could return just a little bit of that, and we will work on that. I promise I will work on that. You will probably love me more than I'll ever love you, but I'm going to do my darndest. I'm for sleep. Promise you that. And hope everyone else joins me in that promise, along with Eric, that we will love you more and more each day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. God bless. Have a great week. Amen and amen. Amen. Mm.